Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to BetterHelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through BetterHelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Hey, everyone. Just wanted to pop in really quickly before the episode gets started to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor has been such a big help in creating this podcast and is really the reason that you're listening to this episode on the platform that you are, which is super cool. So if you want to learn more about Anchor, just head to anchor.fm or you can download the Anchor app on your phone. All right, well, that is all, so let's just get into the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Girl We Gotta Talk. Today, I am joined by a pop recording artist, Emma Rowley. I'm super excited to have her on. Um, She is killing the game. I already told her that before we got on here, and I'm super pumped to talk to her about everything that's going on, kind of learn a little bit about um, her whole um, progress, all of her progress thus far, and yeah, I'm just super happy to have you on, so welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, yeah, you are killing it. You just released a new single, um, but I will let you kind of introduce yourself a little bit before we get into everything. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I'm sitting here talking to you. Um, so yeah, my name's Emma. Um, I grew up in Northern Virginia in Loudoun County and lived there my whole life. Um, started in theater first, and then I have slowly but surely found my way into what we call commercial music. So popular genres like, you know, pop, rock. So yeah, here I am. I've come from theater (laughs) all the way to being a pop recording artist and songwriter. But that's really, that's, that's me. (laughs) Yeah. So you started at a really young age, like you said. Um, When, I want to know like when, at what age you, number one, I guess, realized that you could sing. Um, cause all of us sing, right? Like all of us are like, you know, I sing in the shower or whatever, but when did you realize that you could sing like actually? And then when did you kind of realize like, this is like what I want to do? I guess I realized I could sing, um, right around the time that my parents realized that okay. they were like, okay, she can more than just carry a tune. Like she has expression and, um can like hear pitch so I was probably about four years old oh wow and I don't know if you've ever seen the um animated uh children's movie Anastasia oh yes 
Okay, so I was singing Journey to the Past in the back of my parents' car, and I belted out that last note, and I held it, and my parents looked at each other like, that was like, (laughs) like, that was on, like, that was the note, right? And neither of my parents are musicians, but they could hear, they're like, oh, she sounds like the recording, so that's a good thing, right? Um, and I have always known, um, it has just been in my soul for as long as I can remember, that I just wanted to perform and express myself through music a yeah. thousand percent. Um, and yeah, it's just been my like calling, and I've just always felt myself being drawn in that direction my whole life. Yeah, that's amazing. Four years old. That, like, that's insane. Um, so your parents like looked at each other and then they were like, we basically have a star in the back seat. Like, what do we do from <laughs> here? Right? Like, so what, um, when did you start like performing? I, I had to, basically my whole childhood was me convincing my parents. Of okay. Things. So I was dying to be in uh, the Hamilton Elementary School, uh, like, variety show or talent show at the end of the school year, and I was in kindergarten, and my parents were really nervous. They were like, well, if we put, she's never been out on stage by herself to sing before, and they just were scared if I got up there and had, like, a a scary experience of, like, stage fright and you know, having to run off stage and like cry because I was so tiny. (laughs) And they're like, well, let's see how you feel when you're in first grade. So a little kindergarten me, I was like, fine. So first grade comes around, I still wanted to do it. And um, so they said, fine. And I got up on stage and that was the first time I ever performed. Um, I sang Broadway Baby, which is like a, it's from a, a theater show. But the video of me in that performance is on YouTube. So if you oh my just gosh. look up Emma Rowley, Broadway baby, um, I have like a boa and I'm wearing a little dress that my grandmother made me and my hair is in pigtails. And it at the very end, when people started um, applauding, you can see on my face, that was the first time in my life that I ever experienced that um, like moment of realizing I just did that and I'm receiving like applause from people and then I was totally hooked and I was constantly convincing my parents of I want to do this show I want to go to this audition and they were always a little reluctant just because it was such uncharted territory for them and I was their first kid too so they just were very like what are we doing yeah That's so funny. Um, yeah, you like finally, you I mean, you got the validation at such a young age and you were like, this is it. Like, this is what I want. That's awesome. Literally. <laughs> so from there, were you on Broadway? I was, yeah. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about that because you're young and you're on Broadway. Like, how was that experience in New York and just the whole atmosphere of all of that? I was... Okay, so I had my first professional job as a performer when I was 12. And um, that, again, I was convincing my parents to let me do these things. Um, So I eventually started auditioning in New York City around the age of 10 or 11. 
And then at 12, I was hired to be in this just like summer series revival of the show Gypsy. Um, and then that show got moved to Broadway. So it was October when I was in seventh grade, I was 12 years old and I got the call that, hey, we're going to Broadway and we want you to come with us. So like with the production. So um, yeah. Yeah. So I turned 13 during rehearsals for that show and I made my Broadway debut when I was 13 years old. And then um, so that was the 2008 revival of Gypsy, starring Patti Lapone. And then in 2009, I was in um, the revival of Bye Bye Birdie on Broadway. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. Yeah, I just, it was like this, you know, time in my life where I, I did that was my thing. You're 13 and you're on Broadway and most of us are like figuring out how to put mascara on and look like a person. That's just insane. That's crazy. So from Broadway, you, did you, how was like performing live and how was like being in a production like that? It was, so each show was very different, um, just like experience wise. Uh, Gypsy, obviously it being the first show that I was a part of was special in itself, um, but there was something so unbelievably magical about the entire production and just the whole situation. Um, it was one of the last things that Arthur Lawrence did before he died. And he wrote that show and he wrote West Side Story and other like incredibly famous, amazing American musicals. Um, so that being part of that experience, like just made it extra sparkly and beautiful and wonderful and feel extra magical um and I got to go to the Tony Awards for that show and stuff it just oh my gosh like nothing could ever compare to or replace that time in my life it was unbelievable um and it was cool getting to be a kid on Broadway because I got to just be a kid for um a lot longer than I felt like some of my friends were getting to be who were my age um, because I was in this very nurturing kind of like contained environment and I was surrounded by adults all day every day but they were so nurturing of the kids just being kids like I was still playing with uh dolls and stuff at 13 like full force like I'm not ready to grow up and yet here I am working a professional job as a kid too so it was like yeah that's interesting that you say that because you are surrounded by all these adults you'd almost think that you would grow up faster so that's interesting yeah it's it was truly the opposite and I'm pretty sure that all the other kids in the show with me had the same experience um they were all also a little younger than me for the most part and then when I was in Bye Bye Birdie totally different because I was one of the youngest so it flipped oh okay um yeah so that again was totally different and that was cool because John Stamos starred in that and um it was neat like just the way the um audiences were like it was almost like a rock concert every night because we come out the stage door at after the show and the crowds of people it just was so different because here you have this powerhouse actor 
in this show and going out and signing autographs. It just was a very different dynamic and both were really cool. But yeah, definitely one of the highlights of my life. I feel like I had a midlife crisis when I was 14. I thought, I literally remember the last night that I was in the show thinking, I just got everything that I've ever dreamed of my whole 13 years of life. I got it and it's over. And am I never going to do anything cool ever again? Like, is that it for me? Yeah. There I was. I got every, like my childhood dream. I accomplished it as a child. And then what? What do you do after that? You know? Yeah. Um, same thing with the second show I was in. I was like, oh my gosh, I did it again. But who's to say I'm going to do it a third time, you know? So it was, it, yeah, I still struggle with it a little bit sometimes. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you're so successful right now. Like, obviously things worked out, but no, I totally get that. When you're young, you're like, wait, is that everything? Like, is that it? Is that all I'm going to do? <laughs> um, what was kind of your mindset moving into high school and what were you doing in high school? Um, going into high school, that was so difficult. Um, I still was auditioning in New York City, but at the time I was like really tall, um, but didn't look older and I had braces. So Mm. in the theater world, if you're going to play a child's part, you really should be short um, because they can keep you around longer. And then on the other side, I was tall, but I didn't look old enough to play an 18-year-old, you know? And that, like, transitional, yeah. Exactly. So I still was auditioning for things. Nothing was really panning out because I'm going through this awkward phase. I still was auditioning for TV and film. Um, But I had started learning how to play guitar when I was in New York um, and started writing songs for the first time. So that's where, you know, the music route, I like to think of my, my life, like here I am, the tree and every branch, it's all like music, you know, but every branch is like a different path, but it all comes back to music. And, um, yeah, so high school was like such a, a stressful, weird, truly midlife crisis feeling time for me. Like, um, and, like I had mentioned earlier, where I had more time to just sort of be a kid. Then when I went into public high school, I was thrust into everyone is like way ahead of me. I feel like they're just, they're just so different than me. And, um, it was, oh my gosh, it, I, it was so hard. (laughs) It was not a good time for me. (laughs) Well, you mentioned you were writing your own music and writing songs. So, um, how was that process for you? And what were you kind of like pulling that, pulling the feelings from? Does that make sense? Like, what were you kind of like getting your songs from? I majorly was getting all of my material just from the uncertainty that I felt like I was so focused, I was so driven. And I had no fear or doubt in myself. I was not self-conscious in any way. And then I was plopped back into a public school in, in a high school my sophomore year. 
I'm 15 years old and I, oh my gosh, it was like my world just shattered. Um, it was bad. So like I drew so much of my, like so many of my lyrics from that time in my life. And also being that age and like totally being someone who loves romance movies and novels and like writing about love when you've never experienced it before, but you have this desire to, all of that um, was really where I was like drawing inspiration from and just trying to find my own voice as a writer and like not playing a character for the first time when it came to music. It was like, oh, I'm expressing my story, my life. Like, what is my voice? What do I have to say? Yeah, yeah. What were your, um, like, musical inspirations? Who were you kind of, like, who were your idols in that in that point of your life? Because you say, like, romantic, so immediately I'm, like, in high school, like, I'm thinking Taylor Swift or, like, mm-hmm. you know? Literally, Taylor Swift is the reason that I, like, picked up a guitar. Oh, really? I started writing in the first place, yeah. My dad bought me her first album right around the time it came out because he you know, it was always kind of help. I mean, my dad is like, he was kind of like my manager. Um, and he's my best friend. And we just, he would find other young people that were in the music industry and kind of tell me about it and just say, Hey, like, you know, here's someone else who's kind of doing what you're doing. And I remember hearing her first album being like, Oh my gosh, this girl's so cool. <laughs> She's writing these songs and she plays guitar. Whoa. Like I, I want to try to do something like that. And that's literally Taylor Swift. Um, Also Avril Lavigne, but like old Avril Lavigne. Mm -hmm. Like I was going back to her first record when I was in high school though. So that like, yeah. Yeah. So just that kind of, you know, girl power, young woman kind of subject matter. Yeah. So were you releasing any of these songs that you were writing or were these kind of songs that you just wrote and you were like, I like them, but I don't want to share them yet? I was kind of in between. So I did release some of the songs, but I didn't really understand that area of the business yet. Um, I was trying to learn. Um, I did go to Nashville and I recorded music um, because, you know, I'm like, well, okay, writing songs, singing them, doing the whole thing, Taylor Swift, Nashville, because Taylor Swift equals Nashville, right? So right. I, thought, I thought maybe that's where I should go. And um, so that was a whole weird process. I have a binder and it's here in my parents' house somewhere. <laughs> it is this thick, huge binder. And I have every song that I'd written for like over the course of like four years Oh, wow. In chronological order by date, like every handwritten, I was kind, I was one of those kids. That's so cool so. though. <laughs> I love that. But it's like this big binder and yeah. every single song from my first song all the way to when I was like finished with high school. So. So yeah. what was um kind of your genre then? I'm guessing it was more country because you were like so Taylor Swift, you know, driven. Was that yeah. kind of what your music was, was like? Oh yeah, very pop country crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally, I just wanted to be the next Taylor Swift. And it took yeah. me 
a minute to realize and understand the value of no, you don't. You want to be the next you. You are the only one who can be the next Amaroli, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was super empowering when I realized that. Because um, it's amazing. You got to look up to your idols, but then you also have to be like, okay, I am my own person. I have my own story to tell, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And like you can have those influences, but yeah, it's, I think it's important to be yourself and let people hear what you want to sing, not what, you know. I love exactly. That. We so, already have a Taylor Swift. We don't need another one. Exactly. <laughs> um, so moving on from high school, you were writing your own songs and you were kind of in the country genre. Then you went to college and you went to Belmont University. Is that right? I did. Yeah. Okay. So how was that experience for you? It was amazing. Um, so Belmont is in Nashville. Um, it is actually the only music school that I applied to. And college was always plan B for me. But like I said, through high school, I, my whole plan A kind of got, you know, all shaken up. So <laughs> I did go to college and I did get accepted to Belmont. So all that was falling into line. And I was like, okay, it's the only school of music that offers the kind of program that I would actually want to study. Mm -hmm. Um, I got in, so I was like, okay, that's a sign. I'm going. It was amazing. I was a music major and my focus was in voice, but then my emphasis was in songwriting. So I got take songwriting classes from some of the coolest songwriters ever. Um, and I got to focus on strengthening my like musician muscles more than I ever even thought possible. Like college isn't what I wanted, but oh my gosh, it is what I needed like so badly. So it was great. It was, yeah, yeah. that sounds super fun. And that sounds like the perfect fit. I feel like for you and like having all of that at your fingertips, um, what was, cause okay. When you think of like, you go to school for music and you're emphasizing and you know, like, that's so funny to me. Cause it's like, that's not a typical university. So what was your, what was class like there? Class was, well, one of the amazing things about Belmont is the size. And so the classes were pretty small. I mean, no bigger than they were when we were in high school. Um, each class. And, you know, when you first start off in their music program, you're focused more in the classical area because they're trying to give you a well-rounded, like, musical education. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like, okay, you have to take your basic math, a science, and English, same thing in music. And then as the years went on and you go through each semester, you get more into your actual, like, the reason you're there, your emphasis, your um, whole like goal. And uh, I got to be part of ensembles while I was there. Um, For a couple years, I was part of the country ensemble. Um, And then my senior year, I was part of the pop ensemble. So you can see that like shift I made because now I'm a pop artist. And Belmont truly showed me like, okay, because all of my teachers and and, um, and my peers were like, Emma, you just strike me as a pop artist. Like, 
you can write country and you can sing it, but when you come into class challenging yourself with a pop song, I feel like you're in your element. And I'd be like, um, okay, I mean, it must, there's a point here somewhere because everyone's yeah. saying it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so without Belmont and those courses and like theory and piano and, you know, styles classes and seminars, I never would have found my way to where I am now. Yeah. Which would be just way different. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like being in college and being in Nashville is just got to be like such a cool experience. And I feel like it would just be like such motivation. So how was being like centered in Nashville while you're trying to kind of like grow into the artist that you want to be? Overwhelming. Okay. um, And scary. Okay. Now, because I think I said before, um, when I was a kid and I'm in this theater world, I was in my element. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't even know what being self-conscious was. Obviously, I hadn't reached a point in my life where that's really going to, like, hit you when you're a teenager. And for the first time, you're, like, way too self-aware. But then by the time I got to college, I had, like, beat down on myself so much that I really had to, like, work my way back um, throughout college. So being in this city that was like offering everything I was wanting and trying to feel like confident enough in myself to take it. Cause it's very, it pushes you, it pushes you, especially when you look around you and everyone beside you, it's like, you're all running the same race, you know, yeah. but by the end of freshman year in school of music like that, by the end of freshman year, I think that the number of students who go on as sophomores in the School of Music, it like cuts in half. Yeah. By the time you're a senior, there's like hardly anybody left. So if you make it all the way through, it's because people realize they don't really want to put in the work. And that reflects more than just at school. It's the whole city in itself. Like, mm-hmm. um, so it's overwhelming but if you just keep going all of a sudden you find you're like it's like survivor yeah and you're at the end like the final four or whatever and you're like we made it yeah well what really drove you the whole time you were there because yeah I mean I have heard that where people like kind of just drop because they're like this isn't what I, I'm not passionate anymore and I don't want to do this and I don't want to be you know so what like what was driving you while you were there to get you to the end <laughs> And I was, my first semester, I didn't, it was a pass fail for my fundamentals of music theory class. Okay. I had never taken this, it's like math for music basically. And I'd never taken a class like that in my life. Um, and I was just trying to balance like being 10 hours away from where I grew up and, you know, in a city where I didn't know anyone. I just, I was trying to find a balance and I didn't pass the class and I was devastated. But then I took a step back and I was like, I, I don't want to be the person who didn't get all the way through this because that's how bad I do want it. Mm -hmm. You know, I do want to put in the work. I want to do better. And then the next semester I took it again and I had an A, like, you know, so I just had the determination of like, 
I know who I want to be and I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get there. Yeah. Um, and when I did get there, it didn't look how I thought it would look, but um, it was better than I thought it would look. So what do you mean? It doesn't, it didn't look like you thought it was going to look. I, I was so, I was like, man, I'm going to, I'm not even going to like finish school. I'm going to have my moments like before school, someone's going to discover me and I'm going to be a country music star and like that whole realm. Mm -hmm. And the further I got into school, like the goal was still, I want to reach this point where I feel like I've quote unquote made it. Mm-hmm. That that feeling, that moment. And when I graduated with my degree, that was the moment. And it like here I was going out into the world as a pop recording artist. Nothing like I anticipated. Um, writing songs in a way I never even expected that I could. Um, and singing in a way I never thought that I could. Literally the other day, I was looking back through old videos of me singing in seminars at school. And it was like sophomore year and I sound like a baby because I hadn't like, <laughs> yeah, I hadn't done the training yet to like unlock my woman voice as I like to call it that like deeper, rounder, more um, powerful side of my voice that I hated at first. And I pushed against my professors and then I was like, wait, this is better. Like, this is not what I thought it would be, but it's way better. Yeah. So so grateful. (laughs) So now that you are out of college and you're recording music, what would you, I mean, you've said you're pop, but what are your influences now? Like, do you have pop influences and how is that kind of like incorporated into your music? Yeah, I, um, one of my biggest influences came about in the craziest way. Um, I was in the middle of my years at Belmont and it was during the time when all of a sudden everyone around me was like, Emma, you have to explore this whole pop thing. I'm like, okay. So I saw that there was an artist coming through town. Um, she was going to be playing a show and her name was Lights. She's a Canadian pop artist. And I'd heard some of her stuff before And she'd recently had a new song come out at that time that I really liked. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go. So I bought two tickets and I asked around and tried to find someone to go with me. And um, one of my friends was like, I have no idea who this girl is. Let's go. So we went and I didn't know what to expect, but it changed my life. Like she, for the first time, put on a show that was a pop show that I felt like I could see myself doing something like that like Mm -hmm. in that realm of the pop genre and she's got this really cool cool, like like lyrical vibe to her music that just the way she writes is so unique and her production and her songs is so cool so lights is like major for me and then also I had so many, I've had so many people tell me that my voice reminds them, like the timbre of my voice reminds them of Haley Williams from Paramore. So I have like really dug into them, first of all, because I like them, but also because I'm like, oh, what is it about her voice that makes people think of me? And then I'm like, whoa, she's amazing. So again, Paramore is kind of like this alternative pop 
rock vibe. Mm -hmm. Lights is alternative pop. Um, but they're really two of the biggest influences on my music um, today. So yeah, because I can hear like pop, a little rock, some alternative. Like I can hear all of that kind of in your music. So, um, so what has been? What is your favorite song that you've written and put out thus far? Oh my gosh! Um, I don't know if you have one, or maybe one that you like really liked writing the most. That's kind of a hard question. <laughs> Probably my song, Nick of Time. It was the first song I released as a pop person. Um, And the story behind this song is so insane. I have to tell you. I would love Um, to know because I do love this song. (laughs) Yes, good. Okay, so the story here, um, I think it blows my mind. So hopefully it'll blow yours too. Um, So I moved away from Virginia, went to Nashville for four years, and right around the time that I was about to graduate and started to think, okay, what am I going to do after graduation? Where am I going to go? The little voice inside me, my sixth sense was like, you need to go back to Virginia. You need to go live with your parents for the summer and play shows up there. So I did. And I, you know, I was like, okay, what do I do now? I miss my at the time boyfriend. Now he's my fiance. I miss my friends, like everyone in Nashville, my life there. Um, what am I still doing in Virginia? But the little voice inside me was like, don't leave yet. You haven't finished what you came here to do. And less than 48 hours later, I heard from Todd Wright for the first time, and he is a producer and musician in Northern Virginia. He lives in Hamilton, and his studio is there as well, and it's insane because that's where I, like, my parents lived when I was born. It's where I grew up. It's literally my roots. His studio was two blocks from the first house my parents lived in. Oh, wow. Uh, So I was like, whoa, this person, like, is right there. How did I never know? Um, but he sent me a message on SoundCloud and he's like, I promise I'm not a weirdo. Here's my Wikipedia page. I'd really like to meet up with you. I don't know why we've never like, you know, connected before. Yeah. So (laughs) I looked at his Wikipedia page. I was like, he's not a weirdo. He's super (laughs) cool. So I met up with him, uh, like a week later and, um, I just, it was just this weird, like, kinship that I felt with him. About 15 minutes of, hi, this is my name, who are you? And then he goes, all right, let's write a song. Like, okay. So we write a song based around an idea he had from a dream the night before we met each other. Okay. And the idea was Nick of Time. The idea was Nick of Time. Like, and the song just poured out of us. And I, he now is my, like, go-to sidekick, musical, my closest collaborator. We do everything together that, like, I mean, he does a lot of stuff with other people, but he's my, like, go-to person. And even now that I'm living back in Nashville, and he's still in Virginia, um, we work over zoom and are constantly just like okay what's the next thing 
Um, so he produ he produced that song and wrote it with me. Um, and it's just insane. So that's why that song is my favorite. And it, yeah. it was the subject matter of it. Like, you know, all these things happen in the nick of time is like, it's, it's a little too on the money. It's kind yeah. of freaky. That <laughs> so. is so crazy to know that he's like been here this whole time and you guys were never connected. And then, wow, that is a crazy story. Yeah, that song is so good. So if you're listening to this, check it out. <laughs> um <laughs> So what, um, what has your music like been like lately and what have you, have you been writing anymore and like, what's, what's going on now? <laughs> going on in my, the Emma musical sphere. Um, I have been writing a lot and recording a lot, um, mostly for, myself and then also with some other artists for their projects too but I've really also been writing a lot for um tv and film so oh, cool. um yeah kind of focusing on writing songs that would fit in the backgrounds of a tv show um so that's like really fun it helps me kind of flex my songwriting muscles in a way that doesn't feel so close to home like so mm -hmm. personal yeah um and that's been, like, great during, you know, quarantine and, like, having to stay in my house. And so me and my fiancé, we've been doing that together. And I do it with Todd Wright as well. Okay. Um, but my personal music, um, I still have a couple songs that are currently, like, waiting to come out right now. I already submitted them to DistroKid. <laughs> so they're in the queue. Um, but everything that I am like writing and recording right now is definitely leaning more in an alternative realm, mm -hmm. a little more alt rock, um, while still being pop. Um, and yeah. And one of the songs is actually the song I will be dancing to at my wedding in December. Oh my so, goodness. um, so that'll be like really different and fun too. So that'll come out around my wedding yeah um, oh that's awesome so exciting yeah. <laughs> it's a journey it's just one song after another um so how but, is writing sorry to backtrack but how is writing for like film and tv because it's like it's not for your personal use it's like you're kind of you know writing for somebody else in a sense so what is what's that process like it's really fun because you kind of just get to use really broad brush strokes. You want to use language that is super, super universal. Um, usually a song for TV and film, like if you're going to sing about love and write about love, they usually want the song to not be like, okay, the song is definitely about romantic love. It could be familial love, friendship love. Mm -hmm. um, so the super universal, very, it's like a brain teaser when you're writing a song like that. And you just kind of get to have fun with it and disconnect from your own artistry. Um, so it helps kind of push you outside of your normal box that you place yourself in. Yeah. Um, so it's challenging and it kind of helps uh, give me more ideas for my own music as well. Yeah. Um, yeah it's cool. So do you want to talk about your latest single that you put out? Um, yeah. 
and kind of what your process like with for that and yeah okay so not afraid of the dark is the latest thing that I released and it is actually the only song that I've ever put out that I didn't write <laughs> oh really I didn't write it at all yeah um so Todd he wrote it with um his right hand man Ethan Menser who is he's you know, helped write and or helped produce everything that I've put out. Um, and then Todd, they also wrote it with Cliff Downs, who is a Nashville um, writer, um, works with a publisher, like he's the bomb. So the three of them wrote it and then they needed someone to sing the demo. So then they could pitch the demo to artists. Yeah. So I go in to sing the demo you know, as like, just, I'm like, come on in, just, you know, lay that like down a vocal for us so we can send this off to our publishers. And I'm in the booth, I'm singing. And I look at Todd and I'm like, is this song like going anywhere specific? He said, no. I was like, uh, can it go to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just was connecting to it in a way it felt like I'd been a part of the writing process like yeah. something about it just really clicked with me and I felt like it clicked with all of my other songs that we'd been working on um so I I made it easy for them the song found a home like <laughs> before they'd even kissed it goodbye so <laughs> I was like we're keeping this close to home um it just I loved the message I loved the melodies and um I just thought it was super cool so yeah, and I never yeah, it's a, it's had a, a desire to. Thanks, and I never had a desire to put out songs that I hadn't personally written. Um, but this one, I was like, "Yeah, this feels right." So mm -hmm. that's so I'm proud of it. It's <laughs> as if it were my own child. <laughs> I mean, if you find a connection with it, and it, you know, it works. Um, go for it. I, I mean, it's such a good song and you sound great on it. So, you know, <laughs> Thank you. thanks. I think that that vocal is actually the demo vocal too. So we just kept all of it. We're oh like, it's just, it feels right. We're just sticking, you know, if yeah. it's not broken, don't try to fix it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, um, you're writing new music and you're writing for TV and film. Like what, what can people expect from you? Um, moving forward your wedding song <laughs> yes my wedding song um so I actually have another single coming out on July 31st that's a Friday right hold on I'm checking my count see I have to make sure that I have the date right because my brain is jello yes July 31st um my next single is coming out it's called inside and I am like I've had this one in my back pocket for way too long and I can't wait to just put it out into the world. Oh my gosh, um, that's so exciting. Then the end of August, I have another one coming out. So, Okay, cool. So a lot to look forward to. <laughs> Lots to look forward to and currently recording a lot of new stuff for my project. So yeah. that'll all it'll come. It'll come. I'm just like, I'm like once, one at a time, one at a time. It's so overwhelming, but oh, um, yeah, I'm sure. 
That's awesome. All right. Well, I think that is about it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, It was so fun talking about everything and all of your new music coming up. I'm super pumped for. Um, If you want to listen to any of Emma's music, she's on Spotify. Are you on all platforms? I feel like you are, right? Pretty much any platform? Yes. Okay. Pretty much anywhere you can think, I'm probably there. Okay. She's on TikTok too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. She's everywhere. So look her up. Her music is great. And then we have music coming our way soon. So July 31st and in August, I'm super pumped. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Be sure to follow Girl We Gotta Talk podcast on Instagram and Facebook and follow Emma Rowley on Instagram too. Give her some love, but thank you so much for listening. Bye. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to BetterHelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through BetterHelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it.